0: Being an entrepreneur can be a lonely place. Most businesses don't even get past the first three years. So in this series, we're gonna be talking to entrepreneurs that are high-performing or high-performing businesses that can help you with hints, tips, and hacks to help you fast-forward your way to success. My name is Mark Burgess. I've got over 20 years experience working as an entrepreneur, building up various different businesses. I've wrote a best-selling book. I speak nationally and internationally at different conferences, and this is Raising Your Game. In this episode of Raising Your Game, I'm going to interview Paul Dunn. Paul's a four-time TEDx speaker and he's going to talk about how your company can have a bigger impact in the world. But not only that, you can use it to make your company more profitable. Paul, thanks for coming in today. I know you're a super busy guy flying around the world. (laughs) It's a pleasure. um, Just before we get into it, um, are you okay to give the viewers just a bit of a background on yourself and so they know who, who you are? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks,
1: mate. It is great to be here. And, and uh, yeah, my background is a little bit longer than everyone else's, right, be, be because of age, but, let, <laughs> me, the, but I, let me just use a couple of words that I think might help. So I think that, you know, classically, right, the entrepreneur is supposed to have this sort of hero's journey thing, you know, everything was rough and tough, and then all of a sudden, you know, you found the answer. I I think my my life is just a life of luck. I really do. Like, you know, when I was twenty one, I was uh, one of the first ten people in Hewlett Packard in Australia, and yeah, and you, you know, just just sort of visiting with Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard and getting that inside you is just really sets you up for an awesome journey. And then, you know, to then really get the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, creating one of Australia's first computer companies, then, interestingly, going to one of my first ever seminars, before you were born, most likely, <laughs> and it was James Roan, you know, and that was just one of those amazing moments in your life where it literally changed it because I thought, wow... I can do what he does. And so I sold the computer company and then began speaking around the world, and and that was in 1981, believe it or not. And then, you know, through various iterations uh, of, um, you know, having a thing called Results Corporation where we had 23,000 entrepreneurs that we were doing all of the marketing for, uh, through to, and books and all that kind of stuff on the way, uh, through to today. Where, as you know, I, I have the privilege of chairing uh, an amazing organisation called B1G1, uh, which is doing a whole host of good around the world as well. And I think that's also central now to entrepreneurship. I, I think we're now in a in a place where we've never been before. You know, it's like if, 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 even if you started a business a year ago, you could not predict the environment that we're in now. Everything is so so fast, so different, and everything. And I think that one of the central things around that is, I think, you know, I I looked up the numbers uh, yesterday, in fact, and it's 79 per hour. You might say, well, what is that? Every hour of every day here in the United Kingdom, 79 new businesses are being started. It's it's amazing. And that was in 2017. And that's rocketing up. The prediction is it'll be 720,000, by the end of 2018, right, which is amazing. So you have to ask yourself, well, why is that happening? And I think it's because there are people in corporate, you know, and maybe some watching us now, uh, who are in you know well-paid jobs and all that kind of stuff. But increasingly, what we're seeing is those people go home at the end of the day, and just before they put their head on the pillow and you know their eyes close, they ask themselves an interesting question, which is, is that all there is? Mm. Yeah. And so I think that leads to this whole thing, as you know from the people that you connect with, that uh, there's this search for meaning and for purpose and everything else. And we're seeing uh, that now is a central thing that entrepreneurs can shape their business with that kind of focus in it as well. So, yeah, it's wow. an interesting time.
0: So <clears throat> if you started really sort of helping other entrepreneurs back in the early 80s... Yes. <laughs> um, I'm guessing there must have been a period of time where you started to see that shift happen whereby it wasn't just about I'm going to start a business uh, to make money, yeah. but I'm going to start a business to have a... Obviously, I need to make money, I need to okay. live, but I'm gonna, I want to have a bit more of an impact in the world. Yeah. Where, what, where, what
1: did, where did that flip start happening, do you think? Oh, well, there's two answers to that. I, I, I think, uh, you know, 2008 was, I think, a a critical time. That's the, you know, the what was it called? The global financial crisis, you know. And and then I think at that point, people realised, well, this whole chase, you know, for profit, for money and everything else, that that it doesn't, it's not fulfilling anymore. Um, So I think there was that point. And then for me, it's an interesting thing. For me, this is is an interesting uh, kind of paradox, I used to think, and it's embarrassing for me to tell you this, right? So I used to think that business was all about, wow, like, wow. Every every time you had a meet, wow, right? In fact, a branding consultant was in a a program of mine some some years ago, and he said, boy, that was amazing. He said, you need a brand. Henceforth, you will be known as the Wizard of Wow. I'm not making that up. I'm not making that up. And I remember when he said it, I thought, hmm, not sure about that, not sure about that, but I'll go with it anyway. And I actually registered that, right? And then I had this moment where I was scheduled to go on, uh, you know, speaking uh, the day uh, day before. I was in my room, this hotel somewhere, and I know exactly where it was, and I thought, I can't do that anymore. I really can't do that anymore. And then fortunately, I had someone who I value, who was mentoring me, or who was a mentor, and a guy called Michael Sheargold, Uh, Who's very big in property, actually, in in uh, in Australia, and he helped me through that. And I I discovered this kind of interesting thing, and I discovered that wow, right, is like it's 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 like um it's almost like a narcotic. You know, you you you've got to chase it. And when you look at companies, for example, and you can grow, by the way, when you when you're thinking that in business, but when you look at companies where they're still driven from this sort of self-serving wow perspective, the company will grow, but it, it sort of relies on one person basically having that. So, mm-hmm. so I got this whole thing that wow is cosmetic, right? Or if you like, now I see it as a narcotic, that you've got to chase it. And so where I went from was that thing to to this, to this another word, and the word is, oh, it's got, it's like that portico, oh. And it's that deep realization, Mm. right, that there's something else going on here. And when you, and what I equate all with is this ability to connect. Mm. And when you think about building a business or building a team, I mean, fundamentally, what is that about? It's all about connection. And it's all about what I call moments of connection. And once we understand that, and by the way, that also means it's not about us anymore. You know, because you see a lot of entrepreneurs who sadly, but, understandably fall in love with their product you know the product's great the future is you know all of that kind of stuff as opposed to falling in love with the people who use the products and the, uh, and the outcomes that yeah. they get and so that's also a fundamental shift that's going on
0: so it's like a, uh, rather as you say rather than a wow which is cosmetic it's a learning it's a teaching yes. someone teaches you something then you feel more uh, connected with that person right. Exactly Exactly right,
1: and, and exactly correct. And, and and it's this whole thing about getting it off you, right and and getting it onto to the other person. It's all about creating something which allows you to add enormous value to the person that you're serving or to the companies that you're serving. Once you get that, it's a fundamental change, fundamental.
0: Okay. It's reached that time, so let's have a quick break and we are back in a minute. Have you ever found yourself wishing that all your estate agency technology was connected in one place? Iceberg provides the UK's most innovative estate agencies with their technology including Lifecycle, the world's first estate agency software that combines traditional estate agency CRM and marketing in one platform. Neuron, to offer AI based websites that puts the right message in front of your prospects. is there, the industry's number one AI assistant built specifically for estate agents, helping perform long-winded tasks in seconds, making you more productive with your time. You might want to check us out at icebergdigital.co.uk. Now back to this episode. Do you think um, that of all all the entrepreneurs that you've helped and all of the ones that are potentially watching this show, um, that there's people, a lot of people come and ask you the same question, you know, di- maybe in, in different <laughs> words, do you, do you think to yourself like, yeah, I've solved that, I've solved that like 10 million times for people. Well, you know,
1: you would think that, wouldn't you, you would think that. But what, what I find is really interesting, because I mentor uh, a lot of people, and people say, well, why do you do that, right? And, the, and yes, there are, you know, the obvious questions like, how do I do this, what, what happens on my website, you know, all of that sort of stuff, right? But the reason that I do that is because frequently they ask me questions, interesting enough, that I've never heard before. And, and so when you give the answer, it's kind of interesting. So I, my head is going, dah, 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 that, that's the answer to that. And the other part of my head is going, God, where did that come from? Right, so it allows me to have this, this sort of curiosity that goes on. But I think you're right that there are some central questions which have to do with how do we grow, how do we create you know amazing service, how do we attract a team, all of those sorts of things. How do I deal with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, which are interesting as well, right? Uh, but in there, very frequently, there's this way of expressing it that I've never heard before. Go, oh, oh, so that keeps me
0: you know, alive and, and, and going as well. And, and how, how do you deal with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship? Very challenging, <laughs> <laughs> very challenging. The,
1: the secret to it is, I think, to accept that there's really no such thing as failure. I was once asked to describe failure, and I, and I couldn't. I didn't, I didn't have it in my, it just didn't resonate with me. And to understand that in everything, however bad it is, and it seems bad at the point, somewhere in there, and it's difficult to find it sometimes, but somewhere in there is a gift a gift and if you if you look at it and say well hang on a second what is that telling me because it's telling you something mm. and you can sort of decode it then it becomes a gift that you look back on and say well wow, thank goodness that happened
0: yeah yeah um even if i had it the other day whereby you know um someone in our we were trying to sell this product to this company and they didn't take it in the end and uh, you know, you, you, the part of you initially, the emotional bit, thinks like, oh, they must be crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, their you know, fault. You yeah. Can, yeah, you can just look internally and go like, we just must not be doing a very good job here. There yet. you go. <laughs> because we're not, we must not be explaining this properly. Yeah. So if, like you say, if we take that as a lesson, yeah, perhaps we can improve this in the future and see that as something that changed the path of, of exactly. the company.
1: Exactly, exactly right. And, and today, of course, there's so many opportunities to you know, make those changes because, right, there's so much in technology, there's so much, you know, automation that we can do and all those sorts of things. So again, as we, as we started when we started out, there's really never been a time like this uh, to be an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, we, we need to go to a break in a minute, um, but just before we do, um, you, you mentioned before about the whole B1G one, and I want to dig into that yeah. a little bit more after the break. Um, but, but from an entrepreneur's point of view, if you're if you're somewhere in the middle of your journey, um, whereby cash flow is is biting you, yeah. um, you might like the idea of doing something for the greater good. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's always a, a that survival instinct going on inside yeah. of you as well, whereby <laughs> you're thinking to yourself, when I'm a when I'm a billionaire, yeah. I'm going to change the world. Yeah, the someday are. Yeah. Um, uh, is there a Uh, just before we sort of go to the break, is there something that you would say to those people whereby um, actually you don't have to wait until you're a billionaire?
1: Well, that's right. Maybe we'll pick up on this after the break. But, yeah, this whole thing, when people say that, I I, I sometimes say them, I find this a tough love, I might say, Well, what is it that you don't understand about this? What is it that you don't understand? That when you put that as a central part, it changes everything. Right. Right? It changes everything because it's not focusing on you, it's focusing off you. Yeah. And that's a fundamental change.
0: Cool. OK, so we'll pick up on that after the break. Um, thanks for watching the first half. Don't go away. Okay, so before the break, we just started to touch on uh, this whole concept of the whole B1, G1. Mm. Uh, For some people out there, they won't know what that is. Right. (laughs) Um, I'll allow you to explain the principle of it yourself. um, But in that explanation, um, something that came up in my head when I first heard about it was, uh, as I spoke about before the break, you know, a lot of businesses don't feel like they're perhaps in a position, mm. profit or cash flow wise, mm. where they can just start giving money away. Mm. Um, so perhaps in your sort of explanation of how this works, mm. you could also cover off mm. uh, yeah. the fact that it, it how, that, how that works. How for it works,
1: thinking. yeah. <laughs> um, well, and, and let me sort of do it almost in reverse. Yeah. So what happens is when, when people are involved in B1G1, which we'll explain in a minute, which is this, ex- well, let me do it now. Which is the extraordinary idea or this extraordinary thing of imagining, well actually not imagining but this is how it started in 2007 where Masami Sato who who co-founded it with me said, let's imagine a different world, let's imagine a world where every time business is done, something great happens. And then, like, for example, imagine someone... I mean, here we are in TV world, if you like. So imagine someone going to buy a plasma TV just for the sake of discussion, right? On account of how they want better vision. Wouldn't it be great if when people did that, a kid who could not see got the gift of sight? Wouldn't it be great if when you and I had a cup of coffee, uh, a child got access to water? Wouldn't it be great if when... Someone bought a book, uh, you know, a tree got planted. Wouldn't it be great, someone someone said to me the other day in terms of property, they said, you know what? When you think about property, property has no soul, right? So wouldn't it be great if you could do something like that inside the property thing? And the answer is it would be great. And that's exactly what's happened. And and most interestingly, we used to talk about B1G1 this way or buy one, give one was, was how it was originally conceived. And we used to say, you know, in B1G1, you can give from one cent. That's extraordinary. One cent, right? Makes a difference, right? Uh, gives a, a kid education in, in, um, in rural India. Um, we used to say, because it's true, that 100% of your giving goes where you want it to go. Uh, we track it. We have maps. We do all of this kind of thing. We, the board rejects nine out of every ten of the projects and so on. We used to say all of that, Right? because we thought it was all about giving, right, in, in, in that sense. But now, just, in fact, just recently, like, like uh, maybe about six, uh, five months ago, we, we said, okay, to our members, uh, and then there are now, what, 2,600 of those around the world or something. So, so we said to our members, what do you say? When, if you were here, saying to Mark, right, what does b one g one do? The way they would answer that now is they would say, it transforms my enterprise. And then when you ask them, oh, why is that? They say, because it shifts the spirit hmm. of the enterprise. And, and so if you think about when you're starting something and you think, oh, I can't afford this, I can't afford that or whatever, but you think about it a different way, right? You think about it, what would happen if as of today for one cent, that's all it is, right? I could do something that will shift the spirit of this enterprise and will be a magnet for talent because we know that millennials are like this whole purpose-driven thing, which you become, and where your, 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 the, the, the clients, the customers of yours, because they're getting a little gratitude certificate that says, by the way, just because you draw, d- d- dealt with me in some way today, in some cases, it's just because I sent you an email, right? Uh, this happened. Then the customers are going, wow, that's amazing, that's amazing. And so guess what they're doing? They're talking to other people saying, but I just dealt with this thing and this happened. You know, mm. Maybe you, you and I should do that. So it's, it's when you get it, that it's a central... Being on purpose is a central part of making your business grow. Someone said to me the other day, they said it this way. They said, when you lose your way, it's because you've lost your why. Or to put it another way, when you find your why you find your way. Th- yeah. Does that make sense? And, it does make perfect and, sense. And you, and you and I were talking about, before we came on, on, on the set here, you and I were talking about my friend Simon Sinek, right? And, and who published, obviously, Start With Why. And one of the great things that he says is, is this. He says a lot of great things, right? as you know. But if, he says differentiation, and this is interesting way, right? because all of us have competitors. That's just the nature of the beast, right? So we, we are trying to differentiate and so on. So he puts it this way, he says, differentiation comes from clarity of why. And that is so, so true. With the people that I mentor, that I'm privileged to mentor, that's where we start. And so getting on purpose right up front and then being able to articulate it, even though, my dog, oh, I can't afford, oh, by the way, the other thing is, we used to associate, did we not, giving with, oh, it's the millionaires that do this. It's hmm. the, right, but what if that wasn't true? What if it's the coffee shop? that every time you have a cup of coffee is giving a kid access to water and that just costs one cent. I mean, what if?
0: And that's what it is. Okay, so so what about the people that sort of feel a little bit funny about almost announcing their giving? (laughs) You know, they've been taught that they should maybe give but keep it to themselves. Mm. What would you say to those people?
1: Well, first of all, I understand it because some people have very deeply held religious beliefs about that and and I would not suggest at all that people go, you know, look at me or anything like that because In B1G1, you usually, quote-unquote, announce it after the fact rather than before, which is kind of cool. But one of the things I think that I've learned just recently is this whole concept of legacy And because, in a sense, when we're giving, we're leaving a legacy, right, and it's very important for us to realize that. So I I was talking to this person who I was mentoring, actually, her name is Ali Fowler, and Ali said, you know, Paul, when we frequently talk about legacy, we talk about leaving a legacy. But let me give you another L word. And she said, what about thinking about it this way? Living a legacy. Well, whoa, that's so cool. And then you know how it is when someone gives you an idea, you just flip back with another one. And I said, okay, so we now got leaving a legacy, living a legacy. Why don't we talk about leveraging a legacy? And what that means is that we don't... But we kind of let people know that this is happening that this is transform and I'm not kn- transforming the business and I know a lot of people now who've had that deeply held belief, but then they go, actually, you know what if I can leverage it, then that means more giving gets done in our world, and we can seriously help b1g one achieve what b1g1 is all about, which is creating a world that's full of giving and why would we want to do that because it's a happier world simple yeah. as that
0: okay that's awesome um, okay so. Coming back down to uh, maybe some bits and pieces that mm-hmm. might help uh, entrepreneurs out there. I remember once coming to listen to you speak, and and uh, you were talking about uh, the way the brain yes. sees numbers. Yes. Um, can you just give people a bit of an uh, idea around how that works? Surely you can. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, when, whenever
1: the brain sees a number, <laughs> like for example a price, it it always seeks to compare it with something, right, with another number. And so what's interesting is on all the tests, for example, that have been done on this, if, if someone is, is looking at, let's say, a, a 100 kilometer an hour, 100 mile an hour speed uh, sign, and then you give them various numbers, they will actually compare those prices with that 100 sign, which has got nothing to do with, with the dollars, right? So... That's one of the reasons why when you realize that, that you can introduce premium services, premium services at higher prices. And of course, what you would do is you would start with that higher price because that's what the brain anchors to. It just anchors to that. So you might say this is not for everybody, but it's X and all of a sudden the brain's got that number. But you know, there's another way of doing this, which is this. And all of a sudden, this sounds much less than that. Yeah. As opposed to starting from, well, of course, you know, there's the cheapest way we can do it is here, and then there's, this. all of a sudden, that sounds like a big gap. But when you reverse it round the other way, yeah. and, and, and that's called behavioral economics, <coughs> and in the last 12 years, five Nobel economics prizes have been won by people who talk about behavioral economics. Wow. And so behavioral economics is a really cool thing to, uh, for us as entrepreneurs, uh, to understand. And it's
0: all about little tiny words that can change outcomes as well. So, so, you know. so if you're giving someone a price, yeah. maybe you should try and think of a much bigger number that you can put before yeah. that price yeah. in yeah. general terms. If you're saying, let's talk about property for instance, if you're saying, oh, it's going to cost you £10,000 to mm. sell your house, mm. perhaps before that you should be saying, uh, for your £2 million house, <laughs> yes. Uh, then all of a sudden they've got the two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's going to be costing you that's ten
1: thousand. That's what happens. 000. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Um, <clears throat> okay, so we're coming towards the end of the show. If there's people out there that have heard about uh, the whole buy one give one, mm. um, or want to connect with you, or, or just want to somehow find out more information, get involved in that. Mm. What's the best ways that people should do that? Oh, very simple, thank you. (laughs) They should just go to B1G1,
1: that's B followed by the one, followed by a G followed by a one, b1g1.com, and uh, everything will be there, and and we very much welcome you uh, coming along and and having a look and and seeing how this can influence your life as well.
0: Yeah, great. Okay, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, It's been, uh, since the first time I heard you speak, uh, it's been something that I've always wanted to do is to sit and have a conversation with you. I <laughs> hope everybody else enjoyed it. It was fantastic.
1: I've enjoyed it immensely. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you. Thank you.